Hi, quick note before we start. This podcast is serialized, so if you're just joining in here, you should go back and start at episode one of season two. Before we get to this week's episode, there's a new podcast I want to tell you about. It's with Reid Hoffman, a legendary Silicon Valley investor and entrepreneur, the co-founder of LinkedIn. The show is called Masters of Scale, and in each episode, Reid talks to famous founders about growing a company from zero to, well, a gazillion. Guests include Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, Sarah Blakely of Spanx. Check it out. Subscribe to Masters of Scale in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you love to listen. Okay, here's the show. What? On a recent visit to see Lucy, I tag along with her as she hops in her new car to pick up her grandson, Alexandre. Alexandre is nine, and getting the car has really changed the game for Lucy as a grandmother. Now she can pick him up from school, bring him home, get some homework done. Other days, she takes him to Cub Scouts or heads over to her daughter Sandra's to babysit so Sandra can work late. Sandra is a single mom, and so all this stuff is very helpful. As Lucy has adjusted to a life outside of prison, she's spent more and more time with Sandra. That's new. At first, Sandra came to visit Lucy in prison, and she would bring Alexandre. But then uh, I, I got mad at her because uh, one day she didn't bring him. And she said, uh, well, Mom, it's not a place for him. So uh, I wrote her a letter. I said, well, if he can't come, you can't come either. Halfway through her prison sentence, Lucy stopped speaking to her daughter. They wouldn't speak for another two years, until she was released. Here's Sandra. I was afraid at the beginning was that she'll never be the same. That kind of scared me, not knowing and not being around her as much because she was incarcerated. Um, I just didn't know how she would be, in a, you know, mentally. And uh, that's what scared me most. I'm Talia Abacassis, and this is First Day Back, a podcast about trying to get your life back after an event that changes you. I've been following Lucy for two months. She's trying to find a job, which hasn't been easy. It's tough to find work in her old industry where everyone knows what happened. And she had a panic attack at her job at a Canadian tire when she was near the hunting rifles they sell. Plus, she's limited by her parole because she can't take a job in Ontario, only Quebec, and she lives right on the border of the two. But she's settled into the transition house where she now lives, even though she finds there's a lot of drama. And she wants to weave herself back into her family's life. She's now allowed to sleep out on weekends, and has been staying with her parents, her sister, and increasingly with Sandra and Alexandre. Even after that big fight they had, Lucy picked up again with Sandra as if no time had passed. 
She says that in jail, she had an epiphany. How much it's important to have family. I realized that I was lucky because you go inside and you see, um, you know, oh, you, you, you are lucky you have your mom or you're lucky you have your daughter or, you know. And yes, I was lucky because a lot of young girls uh, had nothing, absolutely nothing. In her old life, Lucy focused on Jerry and her job at the printing factory. I was also a workaholic, so I work a lot. And when I wasn't working, I was drinking. So the excuse was I didn't really visit my family. But now, Lucy needs Sandra. And Sandra also needs Lucy. Lucy's family are her strongest supporters, the people she feels she can trust the most. They know what she did. She doesn't have to hide. With anyone outside her tight circle, she'll have to explain herself. And that makes her feel exposed. Here's an example she told me about. She brought Alexandre to the museum, and she ran into an old friend there. The woman was with her own granddaughter. Lucy and the woman hadn't seen each other since before. But when you see people for the first time, sometimes you get nervous. Really nervous, yes, because I don't know what's, um, what is their thought about me, you know, what they're going to think, what are they going to say, are they going to start uh, judging me or... You know, just ignoring me or calling me names. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, so... Well, some people must have read about it in the paper. Not really just in the paper, but it was on the radio and I was also on the news, you know. Lucy used to be this outgoing, fun-loving person. But she knows that for many people from her past, she's not that person anymore. The woman they see is a woman who shot and killed her husband. In the end, Lucy and the woman at the museum just caught up. It was fine, just two old friends out with their grandkids. But that worry, it's always there. The transition house is two hours away, so I can't just pop in for a quick visit to stay in touch. Lucy and I often check in by text or by phone. Hello? It's Tally, can you hear me? Yeah. Um, so what happened today? Can you tell me what happened with your parole officer? Ah, you can't wait, eh? No. <laughs> so I met with her and uh, we decided to have a 5-2. 5-2 meaning that I'm going to spend five days out of the house and two at the house. Lucy tells me that she's applying for permission to spend more time outside the transition house. The request, or the 5-2 as it's called, would let her spend five nights with a family member. She's not allowed to sleep anywhere else. The 5-2 would mean a lot more freedom for Lucy. It would help with her job hunt, and it would move her out of the clicky vibe at the transition house. Plus, she can continue to nurture her relationship with Sandra and her grandson. If I go at my sister, I'm, at, I'm home. You know, if I go at my mom, I'm home. And uh, I feel home wherever I go to my family. I feel that I'm at home. But here at the house, it's I. my home is my little room, you know. And I stay in my room and I don't do much. The parole board will make the decision. They'll look at whether they think she's ready to have less supervision for the five days and how she's doing with her goals. At the beginning, my mom told me, um, oh, did you tell Alexandre that uh, my tummy hurt and I was at the hospital? I said, no, I told him the truth. 
The whole situation is tricky for Sandra as a mom. For starters, she had to explain to her son why his grandmother wasn't around for a few years. I have a nine-year-old son, and I don't know how I would explain something like this to him. I told him that uh, there was a hunting accident, and unfortunately, Grandma was holding the gun, and it killed Grandpa Jerry. And she seemed a little bit stunned that I would tell him. But I said, I don't want one day either overhearing us talking or in the news or because internet will still exist when he gets older. So if he wants to find out or if he's ever curious, I didn't want to be perceived or she perceived as liars and that we never told him what happened. One thing Sandra hasn't told Alexandre is that his grandmother is living in a transition house full of women just out of jail. I've never specified to him what that was. Yeah. Just because I don't want, you know, he's a kid and, you know, there's a lot of drug addicts in there, and, you know. So just that type of environment is not even familiar to us either. Like, it's grandma's house, but, you know. My name is Alexander. Um, I am nine year, years old. <laughs> Alexandre does spend time there. Lucy even brings him to the transition house for sleepovers. When she does, she tries to cover up some of the halfway house aspects of the place, like the check-in. She just told him in French it's so they can keep track of who's in the building, if ever there's a fire. When she doesn't want him to have a shower in the common bathroom, she tells him the water is better at his mom's house. Some of the little stories she makes up are far out, but so's the problem. She is a grandmother bringing her grandson for sleepovers at a halfway house after all. I doubt she could Google advice for what to do in this situation. The beauty of young kids is that they don't always know what's normal. There's only the twin bed for them to share, and it's a tight squeeze. Alexandre sleep that way, and I sleep this way. No, now we sleep. Oh, you're going to sleep on top of me now? Yeah. Are you both with your head on the same side? No, we don't put our head on the same side. You put your head on the pillow, and I put my head at the feet. That way we have more room for our bodies. When we left his house, Sandra gave Alexandre books and Legos to play with at the transition house. But he's like any nine-year-old boy away from his mom. He just wants to play video games on his tablet. And he can only do that here. He doesn't have internet at home. Oh, that's why I like to go here. <laughs> I like too my grandma. Are you like you like your grandma too? Actually, that's not important. The internet. No, it's not. For me, yes. But my grandmother is a lot, a lot more. Lucy is as indulgent a grandmother as I've ever seen, and of course, Alexandre loves that she lets him stay up till midnight. Like grandparents everywhere, 
Lucy has no resistance. How many times do I tell you I love you in a day? Twice? Two times I say I love you? I think I say it about 20 times. Hey! <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, More first day back coming after the break. This episode of First Day Back is brought to you by Blue Apron. Springtime is a great time to hit the reset button and retackle personal goals like getting fit, cleaning, and cooking. Luckily, Blue Apron makes incredible home cooking easy and accessible by delivering seasonal recipes with step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients right to your door, all for less than $10 a meal. You can even customize your recipes based on your preferences and select a delivery option that's right for you. Plus, there's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. Some of the meals available in May include beef teriyaki stir-fry with sugar snap peas and lime rice, or crispy salmon and roasted potato salad with pickled mustard seeds and creme fraiche sauce. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash first. That's blueapron.com slash first. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Thanks, Blue Apron. This episode of First Day Back is also brought to you by Bombas. If you're like me, you've never really given much thought to socks. But now that I've tried Bombas, there is no turning back. Bombas offers premium socks that have all these special features, like a blister tab at the back of the sock and a Y-stitched heel that makes a natural cup around your foot. It's that attention to detail that makes Bombas the most comfortable socks I've ever worn. But best of all, for every pair of socks Bombas sells, they donate a pair to those in need. They've already donated over 2 million pairs so far. Socks are the most requested items at homeless shelters, so it makes a really big difference. If you need new socks, you can't go wrong with Bombas. So go to bombas.com slash first to get 20% off your first order. You'll love your Bombas socks or your money back guaranteed. That's bombas.com slash first. Thanks, Bombas. Two months later, I'm in the car with Lucy on our way to get Alexandre, and she tells me this. I've got news. I didn't want to tell you over the phone yesterday, but I went for an interview at a gym. My daughter was telling me about the job. I said, well, I would be interested. (laughs) So it's only uh, three hours a night, 9.30, 12.30 at night. But I mean, it's, you know, a foot in the door. You know, it's only three hours, but that's all I wanted. That's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so, so it's not working at the reception? Uh, no, no, it's to do the cleaning. Ah, it's clean, okay. a cleaning job, yeah. I was days? excited for Lucy. Uh, I checked in with her after her first week on the job to see how it was going. She'd been working late nights, so when I arrived, she was still asleep. When she came to the door of her room, she was groggy. 
I went to bed around um, three o'clock, and now it's what eleven o'clock. <laughs> Did you have your coffee yet? Nope, not even. All right, wanna go make your coffee? Yeah, sure. I didn't even brush my teeth yet. <laughs> Lucy isn't just sleepy. She's exhausted. It's hard to clean a gym from top to bottom by yourself. Oh, my God. If you would have asked me the first day, that was it. I was going to quit. But I'm not a quitter. I know how hard it can be. So I knew that I had to give my body a chance to, you know, get adjusted to the the moving around and the bending down. And <laughs> so, but after a few days there, I was much better because I remember I... I uh, text you that I was sore, and uh, after that, I was okay. The job is bringing in money, which is a big deal. And it's a lot more than the $70 government stipend she's been getting. And did you get a paycheck yet? I got a paycheck for um, one week. So I got $240 instead of $70. So it's, you know, for me, it's good. For now, I'm not. I don't need anything except like gas in my car. But so, how does it feel? I feel good. I feel good. Over the next couple of months, Lucy's schedule is pretty routine. Most days, she's at the transition house, hanging out in her room, watching Mad Men and cat videos. Then she goes to Sandra's, picks up Alexandre from school, does his homework with him, and after dinner, she goes to clean the gym. After work, she comes back to the transition house at around 1 a.m. But her routine is about to change. After waiting and waiting to hear back from the parole board, she finally gets word. I got just found out that I got my 5-2. Okay, so you got it approved. Yes, I do. Ah. I got it approved. Okay. It'll be easier for me to spend five days there, you know, babysit my grandson or whatever, and then come back here for two days. The 5-2 takes effect right away. Lucy will be at Sandra's when she's out of the transition house. It'll be cramped. Sandra and Alexandre live in a small basement apartment. Lucy had been spending the occasional weekend sleeping in Sandra's living room. Now it'll be most of the week, every week. But they decide it's what they want. When she moved in, I went to check out the new setup. She was babysitting Alexandre, who's holed up in his bedroom. He's in there right now, yeah, being very quiet with his tablet and his earphones. He's watching uh, some kind of program, Pokemon or whatever. So your bed is in Sandra's living room. It's like a pull-out futon yeah. couch. So this is where you spend five days. Yeah, I'm surprised because I'm pretty comfortable on it, so it's not too bad. In the morning, Alexandre come and join me and... He watched TV or play on his tablet for a few minutes, and then it's breakfast time. Do you feel like you need a little bit more privacy, though? Uh, personally, no. I don't feel like I'm, you know, it's not my house, so I don't mind it. But it's not something I would do forever. <laughs> As I was packing up my gear, Alexandre came out of the other room. Lucy said to him triumphantly, are you glad I'm staying here five days instead of two? And he said, yes, but paused and said maybe four would be better. He still wants to download the new Pokemon game, and he can only do that at the transition house. 
These are nine-year-old priorities. By now, I've been with Lucy for six months. It feels like massive steps have been taken. Lucy is spending most of her time out of the transition house, and she has fewer restrictions on her life. She's got a regular job now, and is even making some money. But after checking in with Lucy a few times, something strikes me. Most of the time, the only people she ever sees are her family members. The job isn't putting her out in the world any more than before. It's working nights in an empty gym. She doesn't run into anyone there. No strangers, no old friends. You're still very insulated, like, because you're with your family. And the job that you have, you don't really interact with strangers much. Is that by your own design? Yeah. Um, I like to be alone. I think of you as being on Lucy Island. Oh, yeah. I am. (laughs) I am on Lucy Island. She's been checking all the boxes that the system has asked of her. And she's reconnected with her daughter and her grandson which she thought would be the key to moving on. But it's not enough. I'm not looking forward to anything. I don't see myself very far in the future. I don't plan very far. If I didn't have my grandson or my daughter, what would I be doing? Not much. In her old life, she and Jerry had planned on retiring when they turned 55. That would be around now. Instead of planning her retirement, Lucy has woken up to this life, where she's just out of prison and is sleeping on a futon in her daughter's living room. I feel out of place. Because this wasn't my life, you know? I had a house, I had somebody that I loved felt loved, you know. I feel my life was, uh, you know, it's with Jerry at the house, you know, having fun, you know, preparing the pool, summer's coming, you know, having people over. I wish I could be back there, you know. I'm always going back, always. On the next episode of First Day Back, Lucy faces new questions from old friends. She's trying to get her life back. What about Jerry? When is he going to get his life back? To say you don't know what's going on behind closed door, but you did know. She was a really good actress. They could have had a big argument, and then Jerry said, I'm going, and that's it, that's all, and ignore her. Well, I'm a little bit shocked. Uh, So from your point of view, there was intent. 
First Day Back is produced by Mark George and me, Tally Abacassis. The show was scored and mixed by David Herman. Our executive producer is Dave Shaw. We got help on this episode from Bird Pinkerton, Robin Ginley Myers, and Ellen Weiss. Season two of First Day Back is produced in collaboration with EW Scripps and Stitcher. You can find First Day Back on all the great podcast apps, including Stitcher. If you like the show and listen in Apple Podcasts, I'd really love it if you would go and rate or review the show. It helps other people find First Day Back. For more information, visit our website at firstdaybackpodcast.com. I'm always looking for stories of First Days Back. If you'd like to share yours, leave me a voicemail at 929-399-3537. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Support for today's show comes from Bombas. Bombas offers premium, thoughtfully crafted socks, which customers overwhelmingly claim are the most comfortable socks they've ever worn. Better yet, for every pair of socks Bombas sells, they donate a pair to those in need. More than 2 million pairs so far. See what a big difference this little article of clothing can make. Go to bombas.com first to get 20% off your first order. You'll love your Bombas socks, or your money back, guaranteed. Thanks, Bombas. Stitcher.